Welcome to the Like a Bigfoot podcast. I'm your host, Chris Ward. This week we are talking, we're revisiting one of my favorite subjects uh, that we do on the podcast. And that is, we're going to talk with a person, an awesome dude who uh, has finished his very first ultra marathon, his very first 50K. Um, if you listen to the show before, uh, this is a topic that I really enjoy because I I just think the 50k is such a wonderful distance to go out and have an adventure you know um, it's you wake up you get there like you know six and basically it's an adventure that's gonna last you to like the early afternoon so you spend most of your day just exploring and running through the mountains and about half that time is in a ridiculous amount of pain because <laughs> you realize very quickly like ah. My legs are going to hurt during the 50K. Um, but yeah, I love this topic. Uh, if you go back, I did number 63 and number 64, both right in a row. We're with a couple of my buddies about their very first 50K. Um, and this one is with one of my coworkers, uh, the fellow seventh grade science teacher who was also named Chris, uh, <laughs> uh, Chris Cornejo. And I got to say, man, like, I started working with Chris last year. Um, we work really closely together, you know, planning our lessons and, and whatnot. And he's just the best dude in the world. He's a really fun guy to work with. Uh, and it makes, it just makes work and life so much easier when you're working with someone who is just an easy, easy person to work with we'll bounce ideas off each other and people who are willing especially as teachers you got to be willing to try all sorts of different things sometimes your lessons aren't going to work perfectly and then you you have to be willing to meet and really have like an honest discussion about what worked and what didn't and uh and you know it's it's just really easy when the person you're working that closely with because that especially as a middle school teacher you're working super close with the other person people in your department the other people teaching that same grade level and so when you're able to work really closely and get along and have fun and joke and laugh and all that stuff then it makes it honestly like i gotta tell you when i go into work every day um it doesn't feel like a job like it feels like a fun part of my day where i get to go and for for seven hours seven half hours i get to go in and and teach some kids some science <laughs> and uh and do some really cool investigations and labs and stuff and i think um part of my you know so much of our mental health comes from what we do for our jobs and and how fulfilling they are to us and i got to say like i i feel really happy right now because my job is fulfilling and i'm able to go in and have fun with a whole group of really awesome teachers uh who are super inspiring so so yeah so chris is is uh is awesome in that sense and he's also been a lifelong runner um he's done a whole bunch of marathons you'll hear his story from boston uh in this one and you know he was a cross-country runner in high school so we talked quite a bit about that because i realized when we were talking i was like wow i haven't heard I was never a cross country runner and I've, n I've never really talked with anyone on the show about 
the cross country experience and how influential that is when you're in high school. Um, so we'll get into that and then we'll get into his first 50 K. He did the bear chase 50 K, which is in Lakewood, Colorado. Kind of, if you're in the Denver area, this is like a really awesome one. Uh, especially if you want to try one to start off, um, because it is so close. I mean, he was able to run a 50 K and then go to his son's hockey tryouts right afterwards. So, <laughs> so it's that close. Um, so yeah, hope you guys enjoy the episode. Feel free to uh, subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Go back, check out all of our list of episodes. Like I said, if you're considering doing a 50K, this one teamed up with number 63 and number 64 uh, might be like a really good kind of inspiration, really good at like painting a picture about what to expect and what the, the experience may be like. Um, obviously, every time is a different experience, so... So yeah, all right, guys, let's get right into it. This is the Like a Bigfoot podcast number 124 with Chris Cornejo. Okay. All right, I'm here with with my coworker, uh, Chris Cornejo. We're going to talk about running. And honestly, it's going to be like one of my favorite subjects on this podcast is people running their first 50K. Ran my first 50k because I just love it. I love it. I love yeah. like talking to people afterwards to see if their expectations like meet what their experience was. But I also I just want more people to run 50k's because I think it's yeah it's just a really fun way to have an adventure and push yourself beyond what you think you possibly could do. I guess for sure. But but yeah, we were talking about injuries a second ago, and yeah. I was like, I better start. <laughs> um. Yeah, what were you going to say? Oh, I was going to say, <laughs> so I was actually, so this is something that's been on my list for a while, but I'll get back to that a little bit, but I did read an article, like, it was talking about ultras and how, like, it's starting to become a bigger thing for people, and obviously you just seen it kind of blowing up all over the place, but there, this article was talking about average age of people that finished their first, like, ultra, Yeah. and it was 43, and really? I was like, oh, I'm 43, <laughs> so it was like perfect, so I was just like, that's even more reason why I definitely need to do this right now. Yeah, man, why so, do you think that is? Why do you think it's so, so I don't know, I think older? for me, like, to get into it was like, okay, I mean, you know, I've done like a bunch of road races, I've done, a, a, you know, a bunch of marathons, and it was cool, and like one of like think my favorite loves was always like, I loved, like, I just randomly got into cross country running when I was in high school. Like I didn't plan. I always play a baseball player, football player. And I was just like, I'm kind of sick of doing this now. Yeah. I didn't want to do something different. And I actually thought like cross country running was going to be kind of like, not to be, not that I'm lazy, but I thought it was going to be less work than playing football, like two a days and all that kind of stuff. But we did do two a days running cross country too. But then it ended up being something that I kind of just really enjoyed, like just being out there on the trail, especially when you get those like true cross country courses. Yeah, that are just like, oh, hey, you run in the parking lot for a loop, and then you run in the trail for a loop. But like when you had those real cool courses that were just out there, yeah, I thought those were super fun. That's cool, man. Yeah. I I was when I was in high school, I remember being in football practice, looking at the cross country yeah. people, and it looked harder almost. Yeah, well, that's what they ended up saying. They're like, oh, you guys work way harder than <laughs> we do because at least they stop, take water breaks, yeah. run their plays, and it's not like continual like. Now, like, hey, go run for the next hour, hour and a half, yeah. and then let's do some mile and a half repeats as fast as you can. And if you're not doing negative splits, then we got to keep on doing them. So, oh, dude, you had hardcore coaches. <laughs> so it's kind of stuff <laughs> like that. Yeah, we actually uh, we did pretty well. Like, I like my my 
we had some people that were pretty good. Like we were always pretty decent in the state. And then actually one year when I was a, a junior or sophomore, sophomore, junior high school, we actually won like the state championship. No way. So not for cross country or track, but we performed pretty well in the state okay. too for cross country. I feel like coaches for cross country could either be like really, really bad, like not know anything and just yeah. be like, I don't know, go out and run. Yeah. Or, or they could be excellent. Because I yeah. remember our coach, he would drive in a golf cart behind the people running. Yeah. And I was kind of like, how can you? Like, I, like, I wouldn't be able to respect yeah. that. Yeah. You know? Uh, I hope my uh, high school cross-country coach isn't listening <laughs> I'm right emailing now. him this episode. Yeah. He's, he's retired now, so I don't know what his deal is. But we actually got lucky. So the year I started running cross-country was super cool because I had, you know, our cross-country coach was a guy that just kind of got into it, too. Like, he was a former football player coach, but he's just like, oh, well, coach cross-country because that's where the need was. Yeah. And then we got lucky, though, because there was a guy – that was a marathon runner in New Haven. This is where I grew up, New Haven, Connecticut. And he was just looking for a part-time job. Um, so he got a job as like our assistant cross-country and track coach. And this guy was super cool. He was probably like his early 30s, you know, Olympic trials, marathon runner guy. Uh, and just a cooler guy. Um, and I think he had a better perspective of like what distance running was for us. And it was kind of cool, though. He was a cool guy. And I think he made it a little bit more tolerable for us yeah uh having that knowledge in his head but also just like a cool guy and like not being that much older than us too he got it too yeah which was super cool so and watching someone who's almost your age going out and doing it yeah, yeah. versus you know yeah and my mom loved him too my mom's like he runs like a gazelle <laughs> she's like his his stride is just amazing and like me hear me like five six like clunky guy that used to be a football baseball player running along but you know i held my own so it was good you're trying to get the well you know i found the love of running there and it was like super cool i was like and the cool thing about that it's like something that sticks with you for your entire life so you know 30 years later i'm still doing it which yeah. is cool yeah i mean it's the sport you and do forever knock on wood dude i know that because that's what we're talking about i said i had a tweak in my knee that extreme injury <laughs> anything major you know a couple like tendonitis things here and there yeah. but like Knock on wood, pretty solid. Do you know when you get injured and then you can't train for a couple of days? Yeah. And in your mind, you're like, this is going to be forever. This, no, this injury yeah, is no, forever now. No. And then your mood changes. You get all upset. Yeah. Then, yeah. That might have been I why feel. I was grumpy at school yesterday. Yeah. A little bit. I was like, I feel you. I got home and I was like, was it just because I have this thing I'm dealing with? Like this knee <laughs> thing? Or was I really grumpy? Yeah. You know? I think it has a lot to do with brain chemistry. You getting yourself out there doing yeah. that stuff, too. Which is uh, cool. I want to point out I bought coffee. And yeah. mostly just because I wanted to make fun of you for when we <laughs> bought our coworkers coffee. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> and they asked for cream. Yeah. And you just poured, like. Yeah. Who buys iced coffee? I like, I like hot coffee. Oh, that's right. It was iced coffee. I drink coffee because it's hot and it yeah. tastes good. It gets me fired up. But I guess, you know, to each their own. If they want to drink iced coffee, go ahead. It was my first time dealing with iced coffee. And dealing cream with cream. <laughs> but I figured you asked for room. I figured yeah. you fill it the rest of the way with the cream. That's right? right. He just filled it the rest of the way with cream and it looked like milk. And they're the professionals. So I figured they leave me the the, uh, this, the perfect amount of space. You should it. have asked for advice. I you probably should have. You should have like... You guys give me advice on how much yeah. cream to put I in. I wonder here. if the people working behind the counter were like elbowing each other, like, check this guy. Probably. I was. What's I was just letting you do it, dude? too. I just let you do it. I was like, I'm just going to let him go. Yeah. And he's going to he's gonna learn from his failure here. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I know. Yeah, yeah, man. But, dude, I got to say, like, honestly, working with you and, like, working in such, like, a positive environment. Yeah. Like, I guess just on a kind of a side tangent here, it's it really just helps 
like, I don't know, it just helps make life more fun when you're going to work and it's a fun time. No, I totally agree. And yeah. you're like, oh, I got to, like, I have friends here and I get to go around and joke with them and yeah. everything. Like, it just makes life so yeah. much easier. Well, that's what we were just talking about at our meeting. Like, you know, like, it's kind of cool. Like, people bond, people make these cool connections. And, like, you know, when you find people that you click with, it's super cool. Yeah. And it yeah. makes it, it makes a huge difference. Yeah, for man. sure. And it's, you know, it's fun being a teacher anyways because you're dealing, like, with the kids. But when you have a staff that's, you know, yeah. like-minded and willing to do like joke around and whatnot. Yeah. Oh, too. Totally. It's a, a ton of fun. So, anyway, side note: Can there. you get banana bread every once in a while? Oh, I ate <laughs> like at least half of that loaf of banana bread. I resisted it all day, no. and then I went in six period, and I just consumed yeah. it. I ate about an inch thick piece, and then I went back <laughs> after lunch. I was like, I need something else, and I took another piece too. Yeah, yeah, man. Which great because then maybe I'll run later on. <laughs> maybe <laughs> I was like, should I run or just sit here and digest banana bread? Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, man, so you did cross country. Um, yep. what was like, I didn't do cross country. So what, what's a good cross country practice like? Uh, so the thing with the, the cross country thing back in high school was, is that you're running a 5k. Mm-hmm. So you're running fast. Yeah. So it's not just about like the cool thing about the ultra thing that I eventually got into and with the longer distances. And I think that's a natural like kind of progression for people is like you're running cross country, you're running hard, you're running fast. So you're getting your miles in in the beginning and like, you know, towards the end of the summer, you're doing your two of the days when you when you go back to school and getting your miles in. So you're just building a strong base. Okay. And then after that, like when the season starts, you're just, you're getting some miles in, but then you're just killing speed, okay. killing hills. And so, is it all on grass? Like, I mean, you're representing what you eventually run on. We tried to do a lot of, like we, you know, we had our, our cross country course was about probably about a mile to two miles from my high school. So our warm-up would be running there, and then we'd do repeats, and then we'd run back. Um, and then we also lived not too far from Yale Golf Course, where our mm. more of my high school was anyway. So we'd run on Yale Golf Course a lot, which okay. was kind of cool. So you get a lot of soft surface stuff there. And then, you know, they do a lot of, like, cross-country races, especially those bigger ones. Sometimes they actually do them on golf courses, too, which is kind of cool. Do people throw bows in cross-country races? Yeah, man. Do they really? Yeah. And that was the kind of cool thing about being kind of like, you know, I'm not a husky guy, but, you know, compared to some cross-country runners, I had a little more meat on me than other guys. Yeah. So some guys would try to throw, and I'm like, you want to throw? <laughs> Let's throw. And then they'd be like, oh, okay. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, you get some of those bottlenecks and those other things, and you're never looking to do that. But if somebody's going to do it to you, it's, you know, it's part of the thing. I always think of the Days of Thunder, you know, uh-huh. Rubbin's racing. <laughs> and you're gonna have like you know some some rubbing and you know you gotta rub back because otherwise does anyone get knocked down it, it's happened a few times really yeah just yeah. body check yeah no you don't do that because you get to squat for some okay. of that stuff but uh if somebody saw it obviously yeah and you know obviously you want to keep good sportsmanship too that's true but like you know it does happen you know did, ever, did anyone ever like throw a bow and hit you and then you're just like oh man and then you just like take off even faster <laughs> or they're faster than me and i can't catch them yeah yeah or, uh, or that yeah <laughs> it does happen sometimes but you know it was it was minimal like people try to be pretty cordial cross-country yeah. to begin with aren't gonna go out there they're pretty chill to, they're not gonna try and go throw because you know that's yeah. kind of not the mentality okay as much what about like smack talking because i feel like if you're just on your, the course just, just to your buddies yeah or to your okay like during your own team during practice yeah or like yeah, you know you I know like it. you get to know people in other in other uh, uh other teams like i don't even know how this happened but me and uh, my buddies ended up going to like the summer before a junior and senior we went to running camp okay and it was just like a bunch of like high school kids from different high schools and we went to like this place in sterling vermont 
uh, Craftsbury Commons. Sterling College was the name of the place. It was not far from the Canadian border, and it was like a, a running camp, and uh, we ran twice a day, and it was super cool because never really going to sleepaway summer camp. It was cool. Yeah. And, you know, obviously, like, you're in high school, and you have the girls in the dorm across the way, and then you have... You're, yeah, like, rowing there. the canoe across the you're lake like, at yeah, night. Yeah, this is awesome. And then you're, like, you know, like, hey, dinner time, let's go. Dinner time, like, yeah, you guys want to go for a walk? And yeah. then you're, like, you know, so it was kind of cool. And I did actually get a couple of dates out of, out of that running camp. Nice, man. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> nice. yeah. But you just, like, there was just two times a day you ran, and then the rest of it was, like, regular summer yeah, camp so stuff? Yeah, so we have, well, the guy, too, like, he'd set up a couple of events for us. So, like, you know, we would go running during the morning. We'd get our morning session in, and then there would be a – you know, some activities, like, maybe we'd go to, like, you know, hiking someplace. Like, okay. we, we went hiking at, like, J-Peak one time. And then, you know, we one day we went mountain biking. And then, okay. you know, we do our, like, nighttime session. And, and like, a couple of times we do some night runs, which are super cool. That's cool. And then uh, it was also kind of cool because that was my first taste, too, of, like, triathlons. We used to do, like, each time we went, we used to do, like, a fat tire triathlon. So we'd run, like, in a, a lake. I mean, swim in the lake, I'm sorry. And then we would... uh we do a mountain bike and we do a trail run. Oh, that's so cool, super man. cool. Yeah. 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 They do you know they have like they have running camps for adults. Yeah. You know, that you do. can sign up for. Yeah. And like obviously we live right by Boulder, so yeah. there's a whole bunch up in Boulder yeah. and in the mountains. I'm wondering though if it's as much fun. Because, like, we are like, high school kids just being goofy. And then, yeah. Like, you know, kind of thing. Like, sneaking in the girl's dorm and kind of, like. <laughs> yeah, if you do that hey, as a 40, 40 year old man. <laughs> yeah, it's a little odd <laughs> if you do funny. that as a grown-up. Yeah. I don't think you could pull that off. I think people, hey, guys. I think people go there. I think we went mostly to run, but then not. Well, I don't know. I think it was 50-50 to run and fun. I think most people, if they go into adult running camp, they're pretty much going for the uh, for the run. I don't know, man. I think people. Go I bet people fun. are going for fun. Well, but, I, think, I think it depends. Like, if you're going to, like, maybe be a faster like road racer or something like that or like a serious oh like a serious running camp yeah yeah it might be a little bit different but i think if you're gonna like hey let's go trail running running camps have to be a blast super fun i see that being like camping like i think it's a different mentality that's probably true yeah man that's interesting so like during the not to judge anybody during during a cross-country super chill road racer it's all good (laughs) (laughs) during (laughs) during a cross-country race though you weren't like you know like you, cause you know, there's not, it's not like people like coaches or adults or are there referees? Uh, no, not really. But okay. I think like you can, like if something did go wrong and I've been out of the sport for a little bit too, but if you did do something wrong, you can like file complaints Oh, and they do like an investigation if they really need to do it. But it was, oh, okay. it was few and far between. Like if some dude like totally flat out, like checked me into a tree. Yeah. Then I'd be like, dude you check me into a tree like i'm gonna file a complaint okay. and usually in the cross-country race there's obviously a lot of other kids around so like there's definitely witnesses and they would like hey, this was this just you guys saw yeah it was a really long way of asking you like smack talk wise did, yeah. did you ever go up to anyone just like as you're running back like, your shoes untied <laughs> <laughs> then they look down and you like run, run faster really or you know i'll just i guess yeah. i'm just like there's no adults around really like you could just talk so much smack as you're passing people and like no one yeah you probably could it's actually uh <laughs> yeah there wasn't much of that going on actually there's not okay, really that's good smack talk uh it was mostly like i think everybody just focused on what they got to do and it's more like your teammates encouraging you or like you know like cross country watching cross country races is super fun too because especially you know you start in one spot and then like you you watch your team yeah and then like you know like when you you know, when you were running JV or you're running varsity, like the other JV or varsity team would like 
cheer for you here. Then they'd run across the way. Oh, that's cool. And then they'd get to the so next spot the next so they spot. could see you again. And they'd cheer for you there. And then they'd run to the next spot. Yeah. And they'd run to the finish. And it was always like somebody in your team yelling for you or giving you mile splits. Somebody oh, on your team cool. that has that going for you too, yeah. which is kind of cool. That's awesome, man. Yeah. So after that, like, did you just get into marathons right away? Or uh, I did have, like, if I wanted, I had opportunities to kind of run a little bit if I wanted to go to, like, you know, Division two or Division three schools. But I just kind of, like... College, I me, mean, I just kind of applied to a bunch of colleges and kind of went to the best one I got into, I think, is what yeah. it came down to. Um, so I ended up just, like, letting it go when I went to college. Um, yeah. And then, but I kept on running. You know, kind of running just became a thing. You know, liked the way it made me feel. Kind of a great way to kind of stay in shape. Yeah. You know, like, you know, obviously when you're, like, in your teen, late teens and your 20s when you're in college, even in your 30s, like, you know, if you're, like, oh, I've been, like, putting on some pounds like freshman 50 yeah you start running and then it just falls right off you yeah know, which is super cool and for me it's just always kind of like for me it's like my best time to think like you know like whenever i had like a paper to do or like now like when i'm like thinking about lessons i think the best time for me is when i go running and then like like something pops in my head i'm like oh that's a great idea yeah um i just i know it's something maybe to do with just like the way the blood's flowing and the neurons are firing that like my mind just opens up and I can just yeah. think about stuff. It gives you like time to be focused on one thing yeah. and not really, you know, you're like, we multitask, yeah. all of us multitask yeah. all the time. Yeah. And so running is just like, Oh, I gotta just do this one thing. Yeah. And then by doing that, you obviously allow yeah. your brain to work differently, I guess. Yeah. Well, it's so. that whole loneliness of a distance runner too. Like yeah. you gotta be thinking about something. Yeah. You know? I tell people like when I do, like not when I train usually, but when I do a race, I usually don't listen to any music or yeah. podcasts or anything. And that blows people's minds. They're like, yeah. how can you do that? And it's like, it's part of just like you train your mind to do it, I guess. Yeah. I kind of, I, I never listened to music until probably, like I said, like my wife had one, an iPod, one of those little mini iPod shuffles, like we were talking about yeah. earlier. And she went it for work, but she already had one. So she gave it to me and I started to kind of like, oh, maybe I'll start doing this every once in a while. I thought it was kind of cool because, like, when you'd start doing some, like, speed work stuff. Yeah. Like, if you ever wanted to do, like, speed work and get out there, I think that's kind of cool because it fires you up for that part. But I could never find it, like, distance running-wise. Like, I didn't like it as much either because I found myself, oh, I'm going to skip this track, skip this track. And I'm like, this is not really what I enjoyed. So when I ran that 50K, too, I didn't listen to any music either. I just kind of yeah went out and ran. That's awesome. And yeah. Lots of those longer runs, I kind of did the same thing, too. One, it just it allows you – like, you'll have these – moments where you're like deep in thought and then yeah. you'll have moments where you're not thinking about anything yeah which is yeah. super cool and yeah. you're just like completely relaxed and you're like oh i hadn't I hadn't let myself just not think about yeah. anything for a while and especially when you're trail running too like it's just yeah. nice to be it's not like you're hearing a bunch of background i was like i'm not trying to drown out cars or like or other stuff i'm just like other racers telling your shoes untied yeah like this is just <laughs> cool being out there and like i'm out here <laughs> your shoes untied <laughs> yeah no that's awesome man so um i know you played ultimate frisbee heck yeah because you're the ultimate frisbee club coach yep yep at our school uh so yeah, I man. think that's kind of a cool connection too, because like that whole thing too. Thinking about runners and spear and stuff, like you know, runners naturally I think are pretty supportive of each other. When you get past like that, like competitive against even people that are competitive against each other, like you know, we we're talking about watching like people try to break the you know the Appalachian Trail mm -hmm. like record, and how much like the people that hold the record, are like oh, I'm gonna help this person yeah. break this record too. What was that movie called? Is called that was the one with the uh, Carl Meltzer one. Yeah. Uh, uh, I can't remember. I forget what it was called. But too. basically, Carl Meltzer's breaking it, and 
the guy who beat him the year before, Scott Jurek, came out and helped. Yeah. And in the movie, he's like helping him for not only for like an hour, but yep. he's helping him for like weeks. Yeah. To get through it, and yeah. you know those guys probably talked on the phone a bunch, yep. like planning it out and just giving each other advice because I think people genuinely want to see other people succeed yeah. at it. And I think Ultimate's kind of similar to that too. When you get to the whole point, like sure, there's definitely competitiveness that goes on, and like when yeah. you get to like you know, college and club level, people get pretty intense. But, like, if you just play, like, recreational leagues, recreational <laughs> leagues, like, the whole idea behind it is, like, this whole idea of spirit of the game, fair play, sportsmanship, yeah. and, you know, people just have a good time, too, yeah. you know, which is cool. Yeah, my buddy, I was talking to him on the phone a, a couple of weeks, or a couple of nights ago, and he said that he was playing Ultimate um, last week, and he, like, completely, like, dislocated his shoulder or something. Yeah. It's like, whoa, that stuff gets intense. Yeah, well, that's just, well, it's probably mostly him in the ground because that was the same yeah. thing to me. Like, I grew up, you know, like I said, playing football and playing baseball and, you know, never really came out with any major injuries. Then I started playing, you know, pretty competitive ultimate when I was in college. And, like, you know, I have, you know, broken my collarbone in two places. I have my other shoulder separate surgery, separation of my AC joint. Yeah. Cracked a couple ribs. One concussion. All from the ground? I got all from the ground. I got like a, you know, in like this hand, I got like a steel plate and five screws. What? No way. Yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, see that scar right there? That's a, yeah. a steel plate and five screws because I spiral fracture my metacarpal diving. Just from, like hands out? Trying to, to block a path, trying to block a yeah. pass, just laying out, diving, and then my hand got curled over <sighs> and uh, just broke it. Do you know what that's called? It's called a foosh. <laughs> foosh? Yeah. It's like that? the medical term. Oh, is foosh, okay. fall on outstretched hand. Huh. Yeah, man. There Knowledge. <laughs> so now when everybody asks me about hand, I'm just going to say foosh. Yeah, dude, I fooshed. I totally fooshed. <laughs> I fooshed it. <laughs> yeah. Wow, man. That's crazy. Do you think, I don't know. Part of me thinks like, because I think now, because I used to play rugby, and I'm like, now if I went out and tumbled on the ground. Yeah. And tackled people and dove for passes. Yeah. I feel like it would hurt a lot more, but maybe it's just because I'm not used to it at this moment. Uh, yeah. Like, you know, I, I, I still, like, I haven't played Ultimate for the last couple. I played, I played with the kids. But up until, like, two years ago, I was still playing, like, in summer okay. leagues and still, you know, getting after it. And, like, you know, I did actually two summers ago. I played one men's league. Um, and I was probably definitely the oldest guy out there. It kind of made me feel great because I was still able to kind of hang with some of these like college twenty year old kids. Yeah, you know there was a bunch of kids on my team that were playing at CU and CU is annually like a top ten. Oh, nice men's man. ultimate team. Like they're solid. Yeah. Um. So it was kind of cool uh, to do that. And the thing is, I think I just know my limits sometimes now too. I'm like <laughs> I'll play two points and I'm like I gotta take a break. Yeah. Um. And then I I think I pick and choose now when I need to really. I used to lay out for everything. Like I'm, if like it was even like close, I'm like I'm diving, but now I don't do that because it's just like my mom and Carrie, uh, that's my wife, uh, just too many, pick me up in the emergency room type of things, and it's like you got to be done. That's why I went from playing like A leagues to B leagues too, which is oh really yeah probably just like a little in, less probably like in my mid thirties I started doing that. Well, that's an interesting part of men's league sports is you a leagues and b leagues and really you're like i gotta pick and choose like do i want to devote a lot of time to this and be super competitive or do i want it to be more of like a fun activity and i think you have to like evaluate is this fun for me still yeah and if it's not then drop down but yeah 
Yeah. Side note, yeah. obviously. But so eventually you get into marathon running. Yeah, so I uh, started running some races. Uh, and I lived in Boston for a long time. So, like, you know, I went to Boston College. So Marathon Monday was always, like, a huge party event. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I kept on running when I was in Boston. Did, a you know, a few half marathons here and there. Um, but then my first marathon actually was Boston. So I just... How does that work? So here's Dude, how it so works. So many people here's just, like, threw down their phone. Yeah. Because they're trying they're to like, get into oh, Boston. Oh, I can't get in that race. Yeah. Um, so what happened for me is like I trained for it, and I, you know, like marathon coordinators out there, like directors, like you know, I wasn't gonna just abandon it, like you know, some people always do in Boston. Yeah. And this is way back now. So this is now we're talking like 16, 17 years ago, probably even longer than that. So I left Boston in two thousand and two. Okay. So that year that I left, I was like, okay, I've been living here for like eight years. You know, I gotta run this race. Yeah, because you know, for us, like Boston College sits right on top of Heartbreak Hill. You see people doing that all the time. I ran Heartbreak Hill like all the time. It was like my normal like training run. I'm like, I got to do this race. So I was like, all right, even if I don't get in, I'm just going to bandit this race and just do it. Yeah. Um, so then I was training for it and I, you know, I got myself, you know, ready for it. And I just ran. And then I lucked out a couple weeks before. I know this is kind of like not okay, but like I had a friend. I was trying to remember. I think you told me this before. I'm like, is this yeah. a running faux pas? It, it, it totally is, especially for Boston. But, <laughs> but I, I feel have, like 17 years ago, it's cool. Yeah, it was a long time ago. Yeah, it was like <laughs> ancient history now. Um, so what happened was I had a friend's. Uh, <laughs> We're past what's it called with when like you break a law. Statute of limitations. Yeah, dude, statute of limitations. Yeah. <laughs> so I had a friend whose uh, wife's f- friend's husband had like a corporate <laughs> number. And he, what's a corporate number? So like he got like he worked for some company in Boston, and okay. they got a certain amount of numbers for like their company. Oh, um, if they trained, then they got to run the race somehow. Okay. So he's just like, I haven't trained for this at all. You know, will you want you want to take my number and run the race? Yeah. So I was just like, totally. But well, the only thing is, I had to go under the alias of his name, which I won't. You know. Oh yeah. Get out there right now. Well, so I guess my thought is this: I'm like. It's not like that's a guy who like trains super hard, qualified. No. And then no. you took that number. Like that no. would probably not be cool. No. But like if it's just a corporation, like yeah, we'll give this to a couple people. Yeah. If you trained, and then the guy's like, I didn't train. Let me find someone who actually trained. Yeah. Like that makes sense. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and you know, like you know, it was like a week or two before the race. Like why waste the number? Yeah. You know, like they planned on him running already. So I'm like, all right. So I took it, ran the race. Bob Smith. Bob Smith. (laughs) (laughs) So I I ran another Bob Smith. At first, it was kind of funny because he kind of freaked out about it a little bit because he didn't want to give me the timing chip because he's just like, if you lose this, I got to pay 70 bucks. And I'm like, all right, whatever. Calm down, Bob Smith. Yeah. But then the thing is, like, you trade your chip to get the medal. So what happened was uh, that day of the the race, I'm like, ah, they left my chip at home. They're like, oh, here's a new chip. So I got a new chip, got to trade that, got my medal at the end. So I do have like, you know, my Boston Marathon medal. Awesome race, had a great time. Weather was kind of like, it was cold in the morning. Um, so cold that I actually passing out like free like Boston Marathon, like gloves and BAA stuff. like gloves, which is pretty cool. That's so. cool. Yeah. And then by the time that I finished the race, um, the sun had just popped out and it was super nice out. Yeah. Um, but it was a it was a super cool race. It was like I think like it's hard to kind of like fathom. Like I've run other marathons since then, but that race just kinda of like it's just like it's nuts. It's, it's just, like granddaddy of the It's just all. super fun. It's like nonstop people. It's almost like 
you know, if you run the, like the Boulder Boulder, it's like nonstop people. It's just super fun the whole way. It's like that, except for a whole marathon route, except you're running what? through the suburbs and then you're getting to the city. Um, so super cool. I got through it. The first 21 miles, I f- kind of flew through it. But then the last, like, you know, and that's typical marathon yeah. running. The last, like, Hit four or five, I'm like, ooh, this is hard. But the great thing about that corporate number two is he had a little VIP sticker on it somehow. So I got there, and they're like, hey, you have VIP tickets. So they steer me towards this tent. It's a VIP tent, and they have, like, all this food. There's, like, some guy that's like, here, do you want me to untie your shoes for you? At the I'm end like, of the race? Yeah, I'm like, no, nah, I got that. I can, I can handle that. Uh, but then they're like, you want a massage? I'm like, sure. So I got to sign up for a massage. I got a massage. Um, got, like, extra snacks. I actually hung out in the VIP tent for a while. Then I eventually made my way out to, like, you know, the other folk. Uh, yeah, but it was pretty cool. And yeah. then the non-VIP. Yeah, and the thing about that too, and you still being like in you know my mid twenties when I did that, I was just like, all right, next year I'm tackling another one because I'm like, all right, I'm yeah, I need to to kind of do that. And then that's when I moved out to Colorado and then trained out here, and I ended up doing the San Diego Rock and Roll Marathon the next year uh, with one of my other buddies and trained for that one, and you know it was just me, so I, I you know it was doing anywhere from 40 to like 60 and towards the end i got up to like you know i think my peak was like 68 miles a week wow um so that was good for me for back then and uh for and uh so i and like what are you you're pushing it and you're faster yeah and i cruised through i did that one felt great the last few miles of that one was still rough but i felt great and i kind of cruised through that one and that was definitely like my best one and i definitely found the difference training in colorado and running a race down in san diego which was super cool yeah um and then I tried to do one, you know, a year since then, and then um, kind of fell out of it once the kids started coming along. Um, so the last marathon I did before that 50K is I did one in 2008, I think. Okay. And I, I ran a bunch of halves since then because halves, you know, I could kind of get that training well, halves in. Halves are like the perfect distance. But then I always kind of like wanted the, the, the trail race was always kind of like the thing that I enjoyed running on trails. I always found myself running on trails especially as you got older and then I was like, all right. And I, I saw that one race. Um, and I thought about doing that for the last like three or four years, but I just never pulled the trigger. Oh, the, on it. the one you did. Yeah. Which was yeah. the bear chase. Yeah. Yeah. In Lakewood. Yeah. yeah. So then I was just like, all right. And I read everything. This is a great first 50 K to do. Yeah. Uh, since you know, it's some loops you get a lot. It's well supported. Uh, and it totally was, which was super yeah. cool. That's um, what I wanted to ask you a little bit about training for that because yeah. you have two kids. You're like, one of the busiest dads I know where you're yeah. like, okay, we're going to football practice and then we got to take them to hockey practice yeah. right after. Yeah. I'm like, you have two practices. Yeah. So how do you fit in training? And I also know you kind of do the opposite of me, which is funny where you'll, you're like a night owl. Yeah. Trainer. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of like the way my parents are always up super late. So I was too. So I kind of learned that from watching them. So like when our second daughter was born and she's three now, or our second child, I should say. Yeah. I have a son and a daughter. Uh, obviously, you know that. Um, I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> but we bought a treadmill at the house. Um, so, like, and the thing, too, about the treadmill is I used to go running at night all the time. And it actually is, like, my favorite thing. And I also read a Runner's World article about that one time. It says, if you're a nocturnal runner, don't fight it. Just go for it. Yeah. Um, so, ever since I was in high school, I loved running at night. So, I always did that. And um, but my wife, with, with the baby and stuff like that, obviously wanted to get her some sleep. So, then... Um, and she could never sleep well, like thinking that the babies were going to, w- the baby was going to wake up. Uh, so I was like, all right, got a treadmill, run at home, get on there a little bit. And then, um, 
you know, we'd find time. She'd find time. She'd be great at finding time for me to go on some runs. And, like, she knew that, like, every weekend at least to need to do somewhat of a longer run. Yeah. And then the month of August was perfect. The timing was great because the month of August, my mom was out here the entire month. Oh, okay. So then I was yeah. just trying to throw it out. And that, you know, August would probably be my biggest mile month anyway. So I threw down tons of miles. And, and that was like a month before the race. Yeah. Right? So, uh, or, yeah. So the race was September so. 29th. Okay. And then the whole month of August, I just threw down miles and okay. go for like, you know, yeah, you know, get out there at night and then go out for like two or three hours sometimes. And then like the weekend thrown on the super long run. I think that's like, honestly, I think sometimes people overthink the 50 K Yeah, where it's like, Oh, this is going to take so much time. But really, if you're getting in one really good long run on the weekend, yeah, you can totally do it yeah. with that training. Yeah. And then a few runs during the week. Like it doesn't have to be anything crazy. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. And sometimes it's just like staying up a little bit later yeah. or waking up a little yeah. bit earlier or whatever and just getting yeah. it done. And that's the beauty of the mentality too, is it's like, you know, being my age now too, I'm like, I'm not trying to break records. I'm just doing it for me and like getting out there yeah. and like, and it makes me feel accomplished. And when I got through the first, you know, it was, I felt great through the first, again, like 25 miles or so. And the yeah. last few got hard, but it was super cool. I had a super fun time. The course was super fun for, for what it was, you know, like it was cool doing the river crossings and then like, you yeah. know, yeah. You know, so that was kind of neat to do, and it was a great time. And I definitely would do another one at some point. Like, my thing now is, I think, kind of focused on some shorter ones between now since, you know, it's easier to train for those. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I think I set a goal now for me as it's like I'd love to do go for it and get nuts and go like hey when i turn 50 let's do a 50 miler dude i will join what, you for and that. just see what happens that'd be uh, awesome man so uh we'll see what happens for that one i don't even know how many years that is for well for me it's uh so i'll be 44 in february okay dude so you don't look 40. i got some time i know i've that. said that but i'm just like well i think that's the beauty of running too running keeps yeah, you young that's um true. you know you talk to a lot of people and i think part of the i think part of it's the job yeah, um, and I think middle part school, of, teaching middle yeah, school. Yeah, <laughs> it's just hilarious. It's fun, and like yeah. you know, and then the other part of it, I think, is just like keeping active. Like you know, yeah. not to like make fun of my friends, but if you're listening, friends, like call know. them out, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you guys make me sometimes feel really great about myself. <laughs> when I hang out with you guys, I'm like, you guys want to do this? You're like, I can't do that. I'm like, what? <laughs> Come on, let's get active. <laughs> That's funny, man. Well, so the race, like. I know it was loops and everything, yeah. but like, okay, so I guess expectations going in. What did you think, or like, maybe not even going into the race, but when you were signed up for it, what did you think a fifty k was going to be like versus what it actually turned out to be? So for me, I had the thought, okay, it's uh, get out there, just kind of long snow miles, get them done, um, and I think for me, my whole thing was okay, got to make myself slow down. Yeah. You know, and to kind of maintain myself throughout the whole Did thing. Did everyone sprint right out of the gate? There was a lot. And I, I that remember, happens. I remember, like, one guy was next to me, and he was, like, huffing and puffing up the first, like, hill, which is probably, like, 400 meters into the race. And I'm like, dude, what are you doing? And then, you know, and, that, and then after that, like, there were definitely people that were just going, and I'm just like, all right, I'm just going to – and I think that's the biggest piece. And, you know, I guess this one was, like, kind of a – a more user-friendly 50k slash 50 miles slash 100k so yeah. um it was kind of bigger probably than some of the other races um so there was a decent amount of people at the start i forget how many people i think one is like right in denver almost yeah yeah so there's probably yeah. it's probably a bigger ultra it didn't sell up I, I think it was probably between like 150 and 200 that ran the 50k part of it okay um so there were a lot of people out there and i was like all right and the whole thing too just kind of like 
runner races like just be in my own head like don't go with them yeah just do do your own thing yeah um so i think just that that mental piece is a, a big thing to kind of get past but then i got into it i was going i felt great yeah and then it's kind of one of those things i felt great and then you know you kind of get to that point where you're like oh and I really tried to focus on like, all right, keep the electrolytes coming, keep the the food going down, and that part worked out great. But like, I, you know, I have these like, ever since high school, like my thighs, like I have like quads that just like to cramp up, okay, eventually too. So I had a little bit of that, but I was able to run through it, yeah. And uh, and then I think by the time I got to like two miles out from the finish, I'm like, all right, I'm gonna, I I got a little bit of a second wind, and I think it was kind of crazy watching it because like my miles times like rose way up and then i think that the last like two or three miles were actually pretty close if not faster than the beginning miles i actually really? did because i just wanted to get them done and it felt good because i knew the finish was coming too and yeah. i think that was the beauty of the loops too you kind of had an idea about how close you were to to get into the finish yeah yeah man i i read a interesting book um that's called endure i'm actually like in the i'm slowly reading this over like four months now yeah, yeah. but anyways one of the chapters talks about they would measure people's i believe it was mile yeah. but like inside an indoor track so it'd be like or what four loops or whatever yeah and they would measure the amount of times and it was always like every single time the third lap would be the slowest because people would start pace and second yeah. and third would yeah. be slow because they pace themselves and the fourth one like every single time Fly. no matter how hard they're going it would always be faster somehow yeah, yeah. because of that. So. Yeah, and I think that's kind of the mile mentality. Because I used to, when, I, when you track, like, running the mile is always, like, you go out fast. Yeah. And then you're still kind of, like, after that first lap, you're still kind of jockeying a little bit. And then you get into, like, the halfway through the second lap and the third lap. I could second and third is just survival. I could definitely see that. And then, like, it's whatever you got left in the tank for the fourth, yeah. you know. So how many times did you go around the lake in the 50K? Uh, so you did one 10K loop. Okay. Um, oh, yeah, that's right. So it was kind of funny too because my son had uh, Devin had a uh, hockey tryouts that same day. Yeah. So like they watched the first ten k as I came by. They took off the hockey tryouts, and they That's did. What the, I'm saying, man, so busy. Yeah, the whole <laughs> hockey tryouts. They were all over there. And then my wife calls me when they're done, and I was just like, I probably got a couple hours left. So they went home and hung out, and like they wouldn't even see me anyway, you know. Yeah. So um, you did, and then you did two bigger, like uh, two bigger, two bigger loops. Was what'd you feel like when you like after the first bigger loop and yeah. then you're like I have to go back out? Uh, I felt okay because yeah. here's the thing: like when you finish the first, the the second, the first big loop, I should say, that was around mile twenty, mile twenty one. I still felt great. Yeah, and I felt like all right, I got this. Yeah, and then you stopped at the little aid station, ate a bunch of stuff, and then just went back out. And then um, probably about five, six miles into that one is when I was just like, oh. <laughs> And then it's like, and then you know that was the part that had more of the ups and downs and the in the in the hills and stuff. So like I was telling you, like I kind of had that mentality too, like you know the road racing mentality, like you never stop running, you just keep on going. You're yeah, not, you're like you try not to walk. Yeah, you know, the whole thing. Um, but you know, I knew that that was going to be part of the thing too. And I think I saw everybody in the beginning of the race like using that strategy, like running and walking up all the hills. Uh, so on that third lap, I was like, all right, I'm going to adopt this now, and I'm just going to do it. So then I started like you know running and then like when we get to the big inclines i'm like all right i'm just gonna hike these and then start running again yeah. and that that worked out pretty well towards yeah. the end but like i said got some quad cramps but after that ran through them and got through it yeah that's cool man so it it's cool. those that strategies 
interesting because since the race is so long, yeah, even if you drop down to like three and a half, like four miles yeah. an hour with yeah. a super fast hike, yeah, it doesn't make much of a difference. No. Yeah, <laughs> and it's the beauty of it too is it's like I love the solitude. Yeah, and even like in a race that was that big, it was still so spread out over the course of like you know a thirteen mile loop that you know you're you'd see people when you needed to see people. Yeah, but then there's lots of times like mostly you're just in your own head, which is kind of what yeah. I enjoy about it most too. One of the assumptions after a first fifty k is that like the next day you won't be able to walk. Yeah, could you walk? Uh <laughs> I feel pretty I feel good. Like I'm actually. asking you like so I, the hard question. I, I went to like you know like my like I said my son had like a, a flag football game. I went there. It was cool. I walked around. I was able to walk. Uh, Were you limping? And then I got a. I was I was definitely tight. And <laughs> okay. then I uh, my wife uh, was great and she had the foresight to uh, book me a massage. Oh nice! An hour and a half massage the day after. So that helped a little bit. But I think, it's like you got think, used to the VIP tent. After. Yeah, right. <laughs> so the race was on Saturday. The Sunday was was okay, but I think Monday was the day where actually I felt the most sore. Okay. Um, and then, and then I was running again by the weekend. Were you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I, I think great. that's the other assumption is like, okay, you're gonna run one of these crazy things, and then you're like, you're in you're gonna be inactive yeah. for like three. I, I think I ran three three or four miles on the Wednesday, and then I think on the Saturday I went out and I actually did like a seven or eight mile loop. Nice. And uh, I was telling you, I think I felt good about the fact that I knew that I was gonna be able to run just a short distance. That I was just like, all right, I'm gonna pick up the pace, and it felt good to kind of run fast because all of that training I did. I trained to run like the long, slow miles and not to like, you know, yeah, kick up the pace. So well, and then it's like good. a different, like your legs are moving differently yeah. when you're like running yeah. way faster, which totally. stretches you out. So but, cool, man. Do you, would you suggest like, I, if someone's out there listening and they're just like, Hey, I've heard of 50 K's. I've listened to Chris be like, Hey, you should do a 50 K, <laughs> but they're just like, this is this one crazy dude that just wants me to do a 50 K. Like, would you recommend it to someone? As uh, totally. Something to try? Like I, yeah, and I, I totally would. Um, and here's the thing too. Like I would say like, even if you feel like you're not and the, the great thing about those races too, and you see them is it's not just like a whole bunch of in shape people that are going out there to, to run a 50 K like, you know, half the people are out there like to run hike a 50k, or even some people are out there like hike the 50k. Yeah. Um, I think if you have the time just to get out there and do it, I think it's just a cool experience. It's awesome. You feel accomplished after, obviously. Um, but I definitely would say, hey, go for it, like, and make it happen. Did you learn anything about like, like, did you leave there being like, whoa, I could do that? Like, I can do so yeah. much more. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's like kind of the cool thing too is like you know, um. I've, it was definitely, I felt like, because I remember when I picked up my race pack, the guy's like, this is your first, like, 50K? Um, and I'm like, yeah, you know, like, I wanted to see if the extra five miles, and the whole thing about it is going to make that huge of a difference for me. And the whole trail thing is totally different, too, so I think it's a different different type of running and different mentality and stuff like that. And I just, it was awesome. I, lo- like, yeah. I thought it was cool. And, like, I think the time commitment was, like, the big thing, is, like, getting out there and having the time to, to get the miles in before. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, if you're in shape and you can just go hike for, cause the, the, my mentality too, is just like, all right, even if I run, if I break down at mile 15, 
I know that I could hike 15 miles and still get through it before they cut me off at 9.30 at night. You yeah. Know? yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was part of it too. That's cool, man. Yeah. It's a great way to have an adventure. It like is. in one day. Totally. You yeah, want man. a one-day adventure? Sign yeah. up for a 50K. Yeah, you know, test your mental capacity, physical capacity. It's It was pretty awesome. Yeah, you, yeah. Might, you, you might have to push through some hard times. But then I think, like you said, you recovered at the end with a couple miles left. And yeah. I think – People don't realize that either. Like, if you do have a rough spot, it doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to yeah. be the defining feature of the rest of the race. Yep. You know, I yep. remember my very first race ever was a seven mile race in Davenport, Iowa called the Bix yeah. Seven. And it was an out and back. So you'd go out and like, you'd be going for like two miles. And then you see the first place, like all the Kenyan runners yeah. already coming back, yeah. which was devastating to you because you, you're just like how are they that fast but i was in seventh it's a different grade level. <laughs> i was in seventh grade doing this run and i got to like mile five and my stomach just oh, turned yeah. on me and i'm like oh, and i was like <laughs> desperately looking for a porta potty <laughs> for oh, the rest of the race yeah and i couldn't find it so yeah. i just walked I, just, <laughs> I ended the last two miles just walking it and i remember thinking like oh i guess beyond five miles you just like i just can't handle it yeah and then doing your, something your bowels just can't handle it <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah but that was like doing something longer than that i was like oh obviously like that was just a rough spot yeah. and not yeah. anything defining i think the only like the only curse of it is the fact that like once you know you can go that far like oh maybe i can go farther that is and the thing about the curse. 50k too is just like it's a big jump it is because now you get 50k great but now if i want to move up to like another level it's like hey do this 50 miler which is going to be like well i guess there's 40 milers out there too and stuff like that there too, are those are more oh, like harder to find but the increments are like okay now let's see if you can throw add an additional 20 on top of the 30 that you <laughs> already did i'm like man i'm gonna say the thing that people tell me when i'm like i've done a 50 miler and it's like oh you can do a 100 miler and i'm like you don't that's double. That's a hundred percent increase. That's yeah, yeah. But I'm gonna say the same thing. Like you, t- you could do a fifty miler. Yeah. If you've done a fifty k, you can push further. Basically for the same reason where you're like, oh, I could walk. I could walk that remaining nineteen miles yeah. if I really totally. needed to. Yeah. Yeah. Because you start figuring out logistics of like eating and stuff. Yeah. But I think it would be kind of cool to do one. I've never like you know do one of those ones at night too where like get the headlamp out and just, i haven't done that i think that would just feel like hardcore too you're like oh i got a headlamp and I've, i'm like yeah in the woods at night i've started races with a headlamp for like an hour and a half but yeah. i've never done the like through the night kind of deal yeah. like that would be cool that would be pretty cool because that's actually that when i've talked to people about 50 to 100 they're like that's the biggest difference is you're gonna witness the sunrise twice and i was like <laughs> whoa whoa that's yeah. mind-blowing that's a different that's a different level yeah but, but cool man well thanks for coming on yeah, the show man, thanks for having me this is the weird part where i'm like all right we'll see you later but then i'll just hit i'll stop. see you tomorrow yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right man see ya thanks that'll wrap up this week's episode of the podcast uh huge thanks to chris thank you for coming on talking with me um i gotta say like it's kind of funny when i was asking chris to be on the podcast it's like those weird moments where you're like uh you're combining you know different areas of your life where i'm like hey man who you know professional work together and all that stuff uh will you do this little side gig that i got going of hosting 
uh, a show I inv- I made up <laughs> when when I was staying at home with my kids. <laughs> um, so yeah, man. But it was awesome. That guy is just the coolest dude. I could listen to his stories for days and days and days. Um, and I'm sure at some point we'll have him back on the podcast, especially when he runs his very first 50 miler. That's gonna be cool. I'm trying to talk him into some before he's age 50. That's my goal. My goal is to get him to run a 50 miler before he's 50 years old. Uh, so we'll see if I'm able able to talk him into that and convince him. And then he'll probably be like cursing me in the middle of it. That would be that would be cool too. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I was thinking about this as we're approaching the end of the year. 2018 is wrapping up. Uh, it's a really good time to reflect. Kind of what were you able to accomplish? Take that. I know for me, I always write a list of what I want to accomplish. Uh, each year and then stupidly because I know you're supposed to get it out and have it visible uh, I just put it away so it's always kind of interesting to bring that list back out at the end of the year and see what I actually was able to do Um, and for me like 2018 was one of my absolute favorite years so far it was it was really awesome Uh, I was able to do a lot with my family, explore a lot of really cool places with them, watch my kids, uh, you know, get a little bit older. And let me tell you, for all the parents out there, when your kids are four, four is rough, man. I'm telling you, we had like a three month, like it was rough. Uh, but to watch them and realize like, oh, like people can go through these rough developmental moments but like come out of it as like an awesome, super amazing person and like developed, you know, a little more developed. And it's cool being a parent too. Cause you get to see them like develop a little bit more every year, which is, uh, which is pretty fun to watch. Um, but yeah, that, uh, athletically was able to do a lot. Um, and you know, hopefully shared some of those stories on the podcast. Uh, obviously the big, you know, episode 100 deal getting over the hundredth getting into the three figures on podcasts that was kind of cool uh, and just looking back I mean I'm amazed I I look I'm looking back at the guests that I've I've been able to kind of like listen to their stories and share it with you guys and it's blowing my mind a little bit where I'm like wow like I can't believe that I was able to talk to some of these people and share their stories and hopefully inspire you guys to go out and have your own adventures and make your own, like make your own 2018 as awesome as it possibly could be. So that's, that's super cool. Um, for me personally, I've been using the last few weeks, 2018, I'm healing up. I like tweaked my MCL somehow, not hundred percent. I just went for a run one day and then it was tweaked <laughs> And then I tried to meathead my way through it for a couple weeks where I was like, well, let's meathead my way through this and it'll be fine. And then I realized like I better smarten up a little bit. So I'm using the remainder of December. There's like two and a half weeks left. I'm using it as an excuse just to kind of take it easier than I normally would. And then, you know, you know how it is when you get to January 1st. For most people, that's like a really awesome like jumping off part for any sort of goal that you may have. So, um, I think if you're out there and you're using December, not to really be super focused on your goal and then, but you know, and you understand like, Hey, 
January is going to come around and then it's time to get back into it, get back into the swing of things. I don't think that's a bad thing. I think there's, there's something to be said about taking time off, uh, you know, and we're in this, a lot of us listening to this show are in some sort of crazy endurance or adventure sports kind of deal. And I don't think there's a problem with having an off season in it. You know, you look at most other sports and they have off seasons for a reason so they can rebuild and get stronger and, you know, and let their bodies heal a bit. So I I would, maybe I'm just trying to talk myself into it because I will say right now it's like a 50 degree day and normally I'd be up on like North table mountain running around, uh, looking for deer and I'm not right now. And, and part of me is like, Oh, that kind of stinks. But then the other part of me is enjoying sitting here working on my podcast, uh, and relaxing a bit. So, so yeah, something to think about. Uh, we will be back at you guys next week. I think my plan is we'll put out this episode this week. This is, we'll be out the 14th. Then next week, the 21st, there'll be another one. And then the 28th, I mean, really that whole week, you know, the goal is to kind of the goal, honestly, for, for me is to disconnect and, you know, I don't want to be on the internet. I don't want to be putting out podcasts, all that stuff. Uh, so I guess what I'm going to try to plan to do, and I'm going to say this on here. So maybe it'll force me to actually do it is I might put out our second clip show on the 28th. So feel free to listen to that if you want. Um, but if you're busy with family time, like dude, that's what I'm doing too. So I'm going to try to get that ready, put out the 28th and then January 1st restart. Uh, there'll be an episode on the fourth and I have some amazing guests coming up that I'm going to be chatting with over the next few days here to record. Uh, but they'll all be coming out in January and I'll give you guys more info as that comes around. So, all right, we'll get back at you then. Thank you, Chris, for sharing your story on the podcast today. And thank you guys for listening. We'll get back at you next week.